Recording in progress. Hey guys, we have Cam here. We'll start off with Mike Reese, followed by Nick O'Malley. Go ahead, Mike. Hey Cam, how you doing today? Doing all right, Mike. Good to see you. Good to see you too. Um, I thought it was cool. I just wanted to say before I ask my question to watch uh, Coach Belichick's breakdown on the Patriots.com, where he showed in practice you guys working on John's block, literally right. from practice. I thought that was super cool to see how you guys work on it. And then it showed up in the game. So I just wanted to say that. It yeah, made me absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the biggest thing. Everything we do at practice, you know, you try to translate it over to the game. So it's really good to be able to reinforce, you know, the practice habits and, you know, things you're doing at practice that do show up in the game, you know, and guys can see that, you know, just reinforces everything in that day-to-day -day at practice, you know, like we talk about, you know, practice is the most important thing that we do. So, you know, being able to show that it definitely helps reinforce what we're trying to do and trying to accomplish. And, and my question was um, yesterday, being at practice, seeing Joe in a black jersey, it made me wonder what a snapper could do to earn a practice player of the week jersey. Yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't know if you had the answer to that or if that was maybe due to Veterans Day or what, you know, what, what the thought was. There. No, uh, Joe does a, does a really good job for us, you know, whether it's, you know, keys with the snapper or in coverage, you know, the Colts guy in coverage was obviously uh, really good. You know, going to the ball, he has several tackles. So, you know, making that a point of emphasis, Joe getting out into coverage, you know, making us account for him in, in our scheme to have to account to block for him, everything. And then also just communicating up there, you know, studying their mannerisms as well as studying how they block, you know, does he really slide? Does he not? So Joe does a really good job at studying the opponent snapper force as well, you know, which we're able to pick up keys or not keys or coverage, whatever it may be, you know, and applying it to practice to give our guys the best look because, Sometimes we block the snappers. Sometimes we try to force through. We will do a lot of different things um, against opponent snappers. And Joe tries to give us the best look each week at those snappers. Cam, on uh, how much was that? So it's a, probably everything, but how much was the block that John made from the look Joe gives in practice? Like, is there anything he can do to contribute to the timing that we saw from that? Or am I like reading way too much into that? No, uh, you know, there, there's a little bit of both. You know, we try to change it up because, you know, each team, they're good at studying themselves and, and looking at themselves. So, you know, we tell Joe to kind of, hey, let's study the opponent snappers and give us some mannerisms and and give us the the keys that you think they would be there or not be there as well. And, you know, we practice a couple different things at practice. You know, obviously, the one that we worked in practice obviously helped time it up in the game um, right there. And Joe does a good job of giving him that key. And then he'll go off and he'll, he'll give us a, a dummy key. He's like, hey, look, if they see you doing this and we'll talk about it, like, hey, this could be the adjustment they'd like to make. So that way we're preparing for both, whether it's a co constant same mannerisms um, from the snapper over and over, or how are we going to disguise it if we're trying to show it and they catch us in something? Great. Thanks, Mike. Okay, we're going to go to Nick O'Malley, Bob Sosi, and Phil Perry. Go ahead, Nick. Hey, Cam. Uh, Want to ask about a uh, bye week coming up. What's the schedule looking like for the coaches? We know the players get some time off here. Do the coaches get equal time off? We know like the late nights for coaches is sort of like the stuff of legend. Is there a chance to get some less late nights and get a little bit more sleep this week, or is it still all, all systems go? Right now, it's all systems go. You know, we're going to be in here. Um, you know, if coach gives us a, a day off, you know, we'll, we'll take it, obviously, and rejuvenate the batteries and, and all that and, um, you know, mentally get ready to go. But Right now, we're, we're in here, um, we're working, getting ready for next week, and, um, you know, just doing a lot of self-scout, too. I think a lot of times in the bye weeks, you have to look at what you've done well and also what you haven't done well. So that takes time. 
Um, if you think about it for a given week, you know, you're basically game planning against yourself. Like, what would you run against yourself? What would you do against yourself? So you're having to take the time that you would normally take in a normal game week to diagnose that. Like, you don't want to rush through it because then you're just doing it to do it and you're checking a box. So if it takes, you know, call it three days to game plan for an opponent, um, then it's going to take you three days to game plan for yourself. So that's three days of work right there. So, you know, that's kind of how we look at it, you know, and then if coach gives us a day, obviously we take full advantage of it and, you know, relax at home, whether it be with our wives, our kids, you know, and take that day. But we're all here to, you know, at the end of the day, make sure we're putting the best players in the position to be successful. So um, we got to do our part there as coaches. All right. So all systems go halfway through the season. How's the caffeine intake looking? Uh, you you gave us a what's a status report? I think a year or so ago. How's it looking right these days? Well, we're we're decreased. You know, everybody was giving me a little bit of a saying I was having too much caffeine. So I, I now try to compensate with a couple waters. You know, every time I you know have I have a caffeine, I try to have a water in between just to make sure I'm uh, level right there. But I, I'd say it's probably you know I don't know around five somewhere around there. Um, you know, depending on the day of the week, it, it gets down as low as four. Um, say it never gets lower than four, and it probably has gotten as high as six, you know, on some occasions. But trying to keep it lower, you know, I know a lot of the players afterwards, they were telling me that's why I'm high, strong, and, and everything like that. So we got a good laugh out of it, you know, and, and the guys know. So we're doing everything to stay healthy. But, you know, that, that's the biggest thing. You know, if you need it, you got you got to keep the motor running. So that's kind of how we do it day by day with that one for sure. And that's go by coffees, correct? That's going by coffees. That's right. That's right. right. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, We're going to take our final three. We're going to go so Bob Sosi, Phil Perry, and Zach Cox. So uh, go ahead, Bob. Okay. Good morning, Cam. Morning, Bob. Hey, uh, Cam, I want to ask you about uh, fearlessness in a return man because Matthew Slater uh, talked to us early in the week and, and described that quality, uh, you know, uh, as something that all the returners that have been really good that he's played around have had Julian Gunner. Uh, you know, Marcus as well. And I'm curious as the coach who oversees that position, how much do you have to try to curb some of that fearlessness? Well, what's the balance between you want fearlessness and a return man, and at the same time, you don't want recklessness. So how do you find that balance? What are the things that you do uh, and, 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 and emphasize? Yeah, no, you're you're exactly right. You know, you you want to got to be fearless back there and, and aggressive mindset to want to return every football, but you also want him to be intelligent and smart when it comes to making those decisions and being dependable and not being reckless and trying to be over aggressive. Now, um, Troy Brown obviously is a great resource for us back there. Um, you know, I can't comment Troy enough about you know the ability he does with the guys back there. You know, he's doing a great job with Marcus right now. Um, just teaching him those insights, and, and as you go through practice and watching film with those guys it's like all right would you return this one why or why not and and the why is the biggest thing is because there's a lot of them that may be the situations in the game um hey we want to be a little bit more aggressive here or hey we want to be less aggressive to field this ball in return because of whether it's time into the half into the game the score in the game as well as how close is the guy on me and what scheme we're running do I already have a guy back there in front of me blocking um like we've had peppers before um, this season blocking in front, knowing this guy may be, I may be feeling him, but I know I trust my teammate. He's going to be right there in front of me to make the block. Um, so being able to feel that comfortability of trusting your teammates as well. And I'd say on the flip side, like for guys like Slate and, and schools and Webb and Peppers and John and Pierre that have all been out there on the perimeter, it makes them more confident to sustain their blocks longer, knowing that the returner is going to be aggressive. 
and going to want to return the ball. So they know, you know, I need to block this guy to the very end because he might be liable to take this at the very end and return it. So they all play off one another. And then Marcus, you know, making decision-making, that's the number one. Like, look, it's never wrong to fair catch a football. Like, and that's what we have to teach him. And it's easier to scale back a guy's aggressiveness than it is to make him more aggressive. Um, and, you know, like we talked to him all the time, number one is controlling the ball after a punt. So if you all fair catch every football, we'll be okay. Um, and we'll be able to go play offense. You know, obviously you want to create those game-changing field position plays. And that's where it's like, all right, let's go through film. Let's watch them. And you tell me what you're thinking. And then you diagnose each return. Like, all right, well, this is why I thought you could or couldn't have returned this football. And, and I think it just comes from repetition of seeing it on film and then feeling it at practice of how close is this guy relative to where my guy is and blocking. And then it's a trust factor is the next thing. Right. Cam, appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Bob. Okay. I'm going to take uh, just one question from each, uh, Phil, and then Zach. Go ahead, Phil. Hey, Cam, how are you? Doing good, Phil. How are we doing today? I'm pretty good. I uh, I just wanted to ask you about Jake. You know, Jake obviously has had a lot of success in, you know, his young career, um, but it does feel like something's off with him. So is there anything that you can attribute to some of the inconsistency there with Jake? Is it part of the operation? Is there, what What can you tell us is, is happening there as, as far as um, what you guys are getting out of your, your punt team right now? Yeah, you know, um, first off, Jake's doing a tremendous job handling kickoffs. Let's start there, you know, and, and Jake's not just a, a punter. Um, he's our kickoff specialist, if you want to call it that. And he's doing a great job placing the ball, giving us great balls to cover there. And then, you know, the, the punt team, you know, is doing a good job covering out there. we got to continue to improve that, you know. And, and that just comes with consistency of operational from, you know, hands to drop point to contact point, you know. And it's just, you know is it all working together, you know, smooth operation, you know, allows you for you to have a good ball, a good punt. And I think it's just, you know, every day you got to make sure you're presenting yourself out there on the field and attacking it like a game, which, which, you know, Jake does that every day. And, and, you know, that's the biggest thing for us is what's it look like at practice? Um, you know, like I said, practice is the most important thing we do. And, you know, whether it's in the game and it's, it misses here or it doesn't, you know, we connected on the very first one past week was a great ball. So, you know, it's coming. It's just consistency with the contact and the operation that we just got to continue to work and continue to improve on it. Thanks, Phil. Appreciate you. And we'll take our last question from Zach Cox. Go ahead, Zach. Hey, Cam. This is an extremely random and probably inconsequential question, but it's just something that popped into my mind the other day. Just looking at the a group like your, your field goal unit, you've got a defensive tackle in there and a guard and offensive tackle for those like non-specialized positions on special teams. How do you decide what player to put in what spot? Is there a certain skill set that is involved in like the individual blockers on a field goal team or a punt team or something along those lines? It was just something that I was curious about. Yeah, no, um, it, it all depends on, on your philosophy. You know, some people just put your biggest players in there. Um, you know, we obviously, you know, we, we obviously want big guys in there. It expands the edge. Um, that's why you don't see really DBs or anything. Um, but tight ends, you know, now you have the uh, threats or athletic guys at the wing positions that can catch a football, um, whether that was, you know, Anthony Jennings, you know, now it was Lawrence got to start the season. Now it's Dietrich Wise that are long, you know, because if you're able to expand the length off the edge with wingspan, call it, you know, our wing positions, we want long guys with long reach. Because now they can help inside and outside and punching. 
So you're looking at length really for um, a couple other positions, and then you're looking for size and bulk and ability to anchor inside versus the hard, aggressive, you know, bull rush, the straight rush that you're getting inside. Um, so you're looking for size guy that can keep a low, good pad level, which is why you see more of your defensive tackles, your offensive guards on the inside of the field goal unit specifically. And then on the edge, you're seeing more of your, you know, defensive ends, your outside linebackers, your tight ends to, you know, stand up guys, offensive tackles on the perimeter because of the length, the wingspan to really be able to control two gaps. You know, no matter how you protect on the field goal unit, you know, most teams go to like a six overload side. So there's six guys on one side. Well, you're not going to have enough people to protect. You're never, you're always going to be down and short a guy. So you have to have those big bodies, the big arms, the big length, because each guy's really controlling two gaps. You know, the guard is helping in the A and the B, the tackles helping in the B and the C, the ends in the C and the D, and then the wing is really in the D and in the, the edge. So each guy is really responsible for two gaps, helping the guy on the inside. So the length, the size, the body types, you know, and then it's the footwork. Um, it's an under eight, you know, statement that the footwork inside has to be consistent. If a guy's getting on his toes and leaning out too much, well, you don't really want that guy because he's lunging. He's going to be able to be swam, you know. So you got to have good feet, footwork to put your foot in the ground and really anchor. So we look at all that. Um, we look at multiple guys. You know, you start with the body types. Um, by size and by length, and then you start repping guys and who has good footwork, who can anchor, who can hold up, and then it's the strength level as well. So there's a little bit of different factors, but definitely start with the size, specifically on the field goal unit, and then on the field goal blocking is the flip side. You know, you want the faster guys on the edge to get around the guys that can dip and move, like, you know, Jack Jones has done a great job for us, John Jones um, as well. You know, he's always been a great guy, or and it's the big guys inside, because why? They're going up against big guys, so they're working to generate the push, inside get the arms up so it starts with the body types and then who can do those well interesting thank you yep thanks that all right guys thank you appreciate it thanks cam and that'll be the end of this room have a good thank day. you